life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. It's official. I'm going to be in Dallas. Yes, you are. You're taking a little uh, vacation. Yes, glad I, to see that. Well, it's 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 a mixed vacation because I, you know, if I <laughs> if I sat down and said where in-laws? would I like to go Wait, for vacation, it would not be let's visit the in-laws. It just it <laughs> wouldn't be. I have friends in Dallas. Thankfully, I'm going to make the most of it yeah, yeah. and see friends while I'm there as well. And my wife and I are going to have some time to ourselves, which is also nice. She and I have both been working way too hard. I so agree. I'm, I'm glad agree. to get the time off. All the episodes are delivered, so yes. you can just. Head out. I'm glad for this. Yes. Which means, by the way, Chance and I are going to be covering some of the podcasts upcoming. That's true. So There'll listen for those. We will figure that out. But uh, Chance will be back on the podcast with me, and we'll have a lot of fun. Yes. So that'll be very cool. I appreciate you guys doing that. The yeah. result is I will be in Dallas. So it is Tuesday night, the 20th of this month, February 2018. If you're listening to this in 2019, it's not happening. Or 2025. Exactly. Or exactly. 2052. So, so, yeah. So February the 20th, that evening at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill at about 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Nothing formal here, folks. It's just come say hello, and I mean, we may hang out at the bar. We may ha- stand in the parking lot for all I know and look at cars. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be Dallas. I keep That's thinking true. it's going to be the warm. Thing. I keep thinking about yeah. you know, I'm here and it's 25 and you can't be outside. In Dallas, it's like 75. So it's just weird to me. And you know. having you and I both lived in California and yeah. had February that was 70 degrees, and mm-hmm. I just it's I remember, just not normal. I remember climbing shirtless at Joshua Tree in the middle of January one year and came home with a sunburn. Oh, my gosh. And I, I was so torn because I thought, how cool was this? I also thought, how wrong was this at the same time? So anyway, <laughs> yeah. so I'll be in Dallas. And uh, would love to see some of you guys. If you want to come out, a couple of you already said you want to be there. I'm just giving you heads up a little bit ahead of time. We will follow up with these details on social media so that you can see it more up to date. Um, that is happening. It w- I won't bring my in-laws, by the way, or my son. I think I everybody will appreciate me. that. Everybody will appreciate that. But here we are podcasting between now and then. We have one more with you and me, and then I'm gone for a bit. Yep. Uh, but yep. uh, thank you guys for having interest in that. Again, this couldn't be less formal, but love to say hello if you're there. Yeah, agreed. Well, we've got a great car debate, everyone. This is uh, a lot of fun. We're back to two debates for this one. We've got uh, Fred, and Fred doesn't tell us where he's from. We've also got Dane writing in for his brother in New York City, so we will get yeah. to those in just a minute. But before we do, I've been reading the news. I've actually kind of read this over the past six months to a year mm-hmm. about Dyson. Oh, and yes, their Mr. plans Dyson. to build an electric car or actual cars, various models. Yes. And apparently James Dyson is pursuing the solid-state battery technology. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where their heads are at, which is great. But I just had to mention this because the jokes have to begin. Yeah. Let's just let it rip from here on out. I mean, I the first one I thought of, depending on the design team, the cars will either suck or blow. Yes, true. So we'll just have to depend on you know which and, team tackled it. And they may be electric, but what what is this driven by a vacuum? That's going to happen exactly. Too. And they're all going to be translucent smoked plastic. Yes, and they will. So you they can will see be inside. They will be crazy colors, mm-hmm. and they will come with accessories no one knows what to do with. And you can disassemble them and wash them in your sink. Perfect. All of this it's works. Be great. All of this works. All right. Frightening. Yes. <laughs> but but here's the thing. Dyson's one of those, I feel like he's one of those oddball inventors that you keep going, oh, you made one of those two? Oh, you made one of those two? But he does it kind of under the radar. 
He's yeah. known for vacuums, but this is a guy who he's kind of been that guy his whole life. He just keeps building stuff. It's very impressive, honestly. And, so, and we're, you know, we're, we'll think of more jokes. Don't worry. But, oh, yes. Uh, we're and, very impressed. Hey, send us your jokes because I'm sure you're thinking of them too. I mean, <laughs> exactly. th- th- it's almost endless comedy here. But on, will but they be sold at Costco? Yes, they will. But at the same time, though, on, I'll be really honest. At the same time, though, when I hear Faraday comes out of nowhere, hires a bunch of people, uh, YT, the hoodie-wearing billionaire, throws a billion dollars at it, I'm going to make an electric car. Or Dyson. Yeah. Who and are you going to put your money on? I'm putting my money on Dyson. Absolutely. Because he's that guy. Absolutely. You know? So it'll be very interesting to see what His this, creativity is way out, yeah. out there. Let's see where the reality is. Now, Now Fisker's doing this solid-state battery as well. You know, mm-hmm. Henrik Fisker's now yeah. got his name on another car that is kind of the same and yet different. But that's going to be solid-state well, battery, so let's I'd see like where that goes. I like design. It's yeah. further and further away from the Aston Martin plus BMW and, hey, look at the heritage. And Can we actually find some new design language? But, but his stuff always looks classy, though. The lines on it are always very classy and yeah. sweeping. They're and, very elegant. And the Karma, there, there's one here in, in Park City. There's a, one of those gunmetal gray ones here in Park City. And it turns Yes, it turns really? my head every time I see it's it. It's a... Lunar lander it's, on twenty five inch wagon wheels. It's a it's a concept whatever. car in reality, rolling around, and it's very impressive to see. I just it Except wasn't a great execution. Two things, okay: the panel gap fit and those stupid door handles on that car. They are the worst. No, well, the, door handles. You and I installed on a car. You ever. and I did a review of that car. Yeah, and there is a shot that reveals the panel gap in the trunk that is staggering. Oh yeah. It, it's it's shocking how bad it is, and we also talked about the fact, and, and there were things about it we liked, but we also talked about the fact that the there is like eighteen inches of sheet metal mm-hmm. to cross over to get into the back seats when yes. you crack that back door because it's all fender. You crack that back door and you're, talk about. I mean, people give the Lotus Elise problems or the Evora or whatever because you've got this huge door sill to go by. The Fisker Karma must have the better part of eighteen inches between where the door begins and where the edge of the back seat is. It's a design trick. It's very deceptive, and yeah. it, it looks like longer, more elegant doors. But yet, that's trunk space, and that's where the suspension sits, and the yeah. ender fender liner, yeah, yeah. and that actually is in there. And so you have to squeeze through an opening that's two thirds the size of what you thought it was. <laughs> Not good. Anyway. Ah, all right. So we could rant on that. They are actually releasing new cars under the Karma name. They've rebranded themselves yet another Chinese-funded Karma well, well, that's the thing. Karma Those company. that we drove became that. Yeah. But then Henrik Fisker's got his name on a different car that's yep. going to do the solid state. It, it, I, and then I'm Bob already Lutz decided confused. to drop a uh, Corvette motor in um, just, you know, whatever it was called the Disegno. Yeah. I mean, as one does, you drop a Corvette engine in this thing and— well. But how many times have all of us, have a car, as car enthusiasts, myself included, said, you know what this needs? An LS motor. No kidding. And, it, and if you're going to lead that charge, it's probably being led by Bob Lutz. That could be a T-shirt. I'm trying here. If you apply that, it's sort of like, I can't believe this is not butter. Well, you could say that about anything. Hey, yeah. look at this water bottle right here. I can't believe it's not butter. It's not. It's crazy. Yeah. You know my what this car. needs? An LS motor. You know it, what that needs? Yep. An LS motor. It may be my, my laptop, but you know what it needs? It needs an LS motor. Yeah, yeah. man. Perfect. The disposal's clogged. You know what that needs. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Sawing down trees in your kitchen. Seriously. It's now a mulcher. <laughs> anyway, let's try Problem to do a car solved. debate. Uh, Fred wrote in with uh, some interesting conversations here. First off, Fred, I'm going to say the obvious thing. You really ought to come with us next year on Pilgrimage. Yeah. This year. I say next year. It's going to be in September. We're locking down our dates. It should be end of September. We've got to get our dates fully locked, and then we'll release all of that info. That will probably uh, launch for real in March, but it is coming. I bring it up because you start your email by saying you actually had the chance last summer to get two days of the Nürburgring 
and did 20 plus laps on the Nurburgring with our friends at RSR. I'm so glad you, you worked with them. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you split that between the Golf GTI and the Golf R, and you loved it. And you can't wait to go back, and you're saving to go back. And I'm thinking, who do we know that goes? Who do we know that goes? That's right, we go. <laughs> exactly. Guys, we are planning this trip. It is forthcoming. We will be announcing it soon. The dates are actually being organized a little bit sooner than we thought this year. They're kind of being laid down on the calendar, mm-hmm. and so we're, we're still sorting a few things out, but we are going to do this trip. It's one of our favorite things to do now. Oh, absolutely. This will be absolutely. the fourth year in a row know. that we I have know. done this trip. You are all cordially invited. For and sure. And you will soon hear more about the, uh, the details and what yeah. we're thinking, but... Yeah. Plan for, uh, you know, early fall, September, somewhere in there to go to the yeah. ring, go to spa, and, uh, yeah, generally cavort about Europe in some high-speed cars. Yeah, it's, it's mostly – it is an all-driving trip. This is not a, a Europe sightseeing trip, yes. but unless you want to look at sites very quickly. But anyway, so back to this <laughs> debate with Fred. Uh, so he has that experience, which is really cool. So you have a question because you have an 05 Nissan Titan with 170,000 miles. Mm-hmm. And you've taken a hard look at this truck and realized it's even worse off than you thought. Yeah, this so is interesting. So it might be time to get rid of it, or it might be time to just suck it up and drive it till it literally falls apart. This is the debate there. But you're also, also a good thinking, t-shirt. Uh, perfect, yes. Could be. You're also thinking that uh, you want to try to get yourself a track car and a daily driver. So maybe the truck stays, maybe it goes. But a track car and then a car that you can actually commute in, your commute's not all that long. You decided the perfect car for you was a lightly used GT350 Mustang. We kind of agree it probably would be the perfect car for you. But then you realized you would never actually legitimately track that car. Which seems like uh, owning the car. I mean, here's me talking owning the Cayman GTS and wanting a track car, more specific car to beat on. Mm -hmm. I understand the line of thinking. I really do get it because of consumables, because of all the stuff, even though... That car is going to take the track abuse. My car would take it just fine. It's just going to rocket through rotors and pads and tires. So it's, you know, a matter of do you want to pay for that stuff? Yeah. Now, I get this, and I like that you've written in kind of asking for this. I don't know that anybody's really asked for the combination, either track car and daily, or what if it were a track truck combo so a car and truck combo for track daily and camping hauler use yeah because he's also into camping he describes in his email here about how he's gone off road he says uh usually when i'm going on the commute i have an amazing nine-year-old with me half the time but sometimes he has extra kids in the car and uh he goes off-roading he's um been around uh, a lot let's say um well-planned Vegas trip, taking cars deep in the woods, up torn logging roads, <laughs> that sort of thing. And yeah. so he's, yeah, yeah. he's no stranger to uh, but the Titan, getting, get some adventure out. Yeah, but the Titan has done this hauling duty. Yeah, it is. And it's it also has. been doing commuting duty, and he's realizing not the best of all worlds there. So we do still have that lingering, this, this how do we haul something is still there. But, you know, I, I'm really of two minds about the, the track car versus daily car thing. In what sense? Well, Meaning trying to have one do both? Yeah, because this, this is the thing. Instead of a paring knife and a sushi knife, you have... Totally. Well, you, you, and I, you and I love to be on track. But the truth is that life and the show yeah. and schedules and all of that invades. And I swear, we go into every year thinking, we're going to get on the track twice as much this year. And we're mm-hmm. lucky to do as much as we did the year before. What what I'm asking here is how much, and, and this is to anybody that's thinking about getting a track car, how much are you actually going to go to the track? I mean, 
candidly, some people do have the availability, the money, the time, the wherewithal, and they actually do. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Many of no, you listening totally agree. have done this. So totally agree. This is a thing, just establishing that. Absolutely. No, I'm not saying it is I'm not saying it isn't I don't a know thing. The percentage of our but, listeners. But, but I'm just I'm wondering if let's just say for sake of argument, you're gonna do a half dozen track days a year. Okay. I mean, that's let's have, not nothing. It's not nothing. But at that point, I just kind of feel like, let's just have one car. Because that means otherwise that car just sits, except for six days a year. So yeah. at that point, I, I okay. and it depends on your garage. It depends on your budget, the way your life is structured. But I personally really struggle with, let's just go track that car. And you and I, I think, should I had, were I to be lucky enough to own your GTS, I think I would still just track it. I do understand your reasons for not wanting to. I genuinely I mean, do. Like I said, the, the standing up to the abuse on track, it's built for it. Yeah. It'll do it just fine. It's yeah. just, you know, the, the price of Porsche parts to There's that consumables question mark. All that I, kind of I stuff. don't disagree. Like, I, I, wow, I see your point. That's a different story. I see your point. So I, I really, I can be talked to either side of this debate, but I really do wonder, and there's, I mean, you haven't really shared with us, Fred, but I do really do wonder how often are you going to track? My brain kind of goes to, Let's get a car that you can track and you can also just enjoy. Because the other part of that equation is I don't want you to be in something that is okay the rest of the time while you dream about your track car. That's sure. that's a thing that for no, me is, is that. a core element of this show. I want the car that you're in. This is where the everyday part happens. The car that you're in every day is a car you actually like. Yeah, you're saying Fred's come back off the mountain of the, the summit, being at the ring and the holy grail yeah. of doing this and thinking, I'm going to do this every weekend. Well, maybe and maybe, not. And maybe he is. But but I just... Uh, sure. You, what you really want is a GT350, and there's a part of me that goes, you have 50 to 55 grand to spend, you've told us. And that depends could, if he sells the Titan or yes, not. Yes, but even for 50... <laughs> 50 to 55, Titan's worth five grand? Probably. Yeah. But, but, but even, you know, recently, in the last few weeks, I've discovered GT350s, 2016s, mm-hmm. not the R's, available for under 50 grand. So my point is, you want a GT350, you could go buy one. And if the and debate that's is your only, that's his only car at that point. Well, but I'm just saying, if that's the car you're dreaming about, there's a part of me that just goes, "Go get the car you're dreaming about," and then really yes. have a conversation with yourself about, "Do I really not want to track this at all?" I this is this is where I'm struggling with Fred's email. Sure, the the twist is in here though, and I alluded to it before, and that's having somewhat to do with the daily commute, but there's other munchkins in the car, as he said. Sometimes I find myself with additional kids, probably hauling them around to various places, whatever that is. So the twist is, he's saying, well, I would like one of the cars to actually be a four-door. Yeah. I would like that to, you know, have a bit more of a, you know, utilitarian use. And then the camping thing, the off-road, hey, let's go camping and go on an adventure, and Mm -hmm. I'm not worrying about my car. And so... I can see your point, and it's the car he's been wanting, but if he's got these other needs too, yeah. I can see divvying up the budget here. He also says, he gives us some rules here, Fred. Thank you for the rules. <laughs> the limits are, he says, I'm five foot eleven and heavy. I've got a long upper body, padding in the backside and wide shoulders, so therefore, no Lotus Elises. Okay. He yeah. said, I tried one on after five minutes of wiggling and twisting and other unnatural acts, <laughs> which is... Every morning Todd goes to work. Just, hey. I, it's my, worth it. My, my, I get fr- it. my friend Nathan was here recently, and he's, <laughs> he's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and he, he struggled just, to get in that car. Yeah. And he yeah. got out, and then he watched me get in it, and he but looked at me. He looked at me in shock, and I said, I've done this before. Yeah, once or twice. Yeah. So he says, for these reasons, no Miata, 
no 350Z or 370Z. Which is too bad. And no Camaro. He said, even with a sunroof, his head touches the roof in all three of these cars Mm -hmm. without a helmet. Without a helmet. That's a real problem. Right. Then the second rule here is no going over budget. Oh, man. (laughs) You're doing to me here. All right. So he says, I've got other toys picked out. And he wants money to go back to the ring, yeah. which means, hey, come with us this year. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Fred, maybe. Just yeah. put that in the back of your mind on the back burner. We're planting seeds. We're, we're, hey, yeah. we're, we're going to have a trip. People are going to go. I, it, I'm it's confident be great. that. It's going to be very cool. And then, like I said before, the track car could be two seats, but the daily really needs to be a minimum of four full-size seats. Yeah. So that kind of throws us off. I mean, obviously, GT350R is out with its lack of back seats yes, entirely. True. true. 350 could work. He gives us a little bit of uh, car history here and, mm-hmm. and says, I like the Camaros. And then lastly here, he says, I don't have a ton of track time, but I did do the exotic car experience with an Audi R8, Nissan GTR, Ferrari 430 Scuderia, mm-hmm. and a 458 Italia, which he loved. But apparently the 430 Scuderia was his favorite. It was that I think Ferrari has built a large Lotus Elise. That's what I think the 430 Scuderia is. Possibly. I kind of think that represents. I mean, there's... No floor. There's no carpeting anywhere. It's just raw, stripped away. Charge your lot, give you less. That that is that is that's when you know you've really hit on something hey, in the car world. Porsche anyway. is an expert at doing. I know. This, by the way, Porsche and Ferrari are very good. Figure at that, that out. Yep. So anyway, back to the ring. He did enjoy the Golf R. He was thinking maybe like a you know something a GTI and or he does suggest the uh, the C5 Z06 mm-hmm. as a track as car, track which option. I like. Yep, I like and that maybe a lot. Daily the Golf R. He also suggests which is. One of my top choices for you, Porsche Cayenne for his daily use and hauling, which I can mm-hmm. see the off-road a little bit, and a Cayman or a Boxster for track use. Yeah. You could daily the Cayman or the Boxster too. Yeah, for sure. So, for And sure. Um, we don't know exactly where you live, Fred. You didn't say, but uh, it sounds like you've kind of got that figured out. So that's mm-hmm. uh, we'll just leave it there. But I, I've been thinking about this, and it's it's kind of rare. Nobody's really written in with the two-car combination saying, I'd, I'd like to have it split up. That I need both, yeah. So are you going? Are you sticking with one car, or are you going to suggest I'm I'm all a, over a the pair? map on this. I'm all over the map on this, because my question remains, how much actual track time is this car going to get, and could you really not track your daily car? That That's because... Once you talk about your love for the GT350 up front, I really just keep coming back to that and going, just get one. Just get one. Drive it every day. And then when you go to the track a few times a year. Todd and Paul, little angels on your shoulder. We are. Yes, for sure. Just get one over here. Exactly. Get this. We're going to buy this. But, okay, I, I do understand your point. So I am going to say a usual suspect here. I, I You have not mentioned the 86 chassis. Have you yeah. gotten in that car? I thought you might. Guys of all sizes get in that car. Mm-hmm. Guys of all sizes drive that car hard. And like the Miatas of the world, and back to your point about preciousness and consumables, that car isn't precious. Its consumables are cheap. If you're looking for a car that you're really just going to track, have you driven the 86? Yeehaw. It's n- now, look, the C5 Z06, obviously faster, probably better. I, I think it. I think the thing is that's a lot of car for your money. That C five Z O six is a very impressive car for your money. So you may just like that better. I know that car will fit you. But since you haven't mentioned the eighty six, I at least want to bring it up because I kind of wanted to put you in a three fifty Z, but it's out according to you. It says you know what the Toyota eighty six needs, don't you? No less motor. Of course it does. I hate, that is actually the only car build on the planet I'd actually like to do. I'd pay someone to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, I'm not that guy. Somebody's but going to. Anyway, yeah. Some, well, people have. already dropped the Ferrari motor in it. 
People have done it. Uh, maybe yep. I should buy somebody else's finished project because last thing I need is a project. Uh, but anyway, so but I'm at least asking, drive the 86 because I think if you're really talking about tracking, that is a great car to buy for 13 But you know what? That's the time you buy the salvage car that somebody sure. rebuilt and you make that your track car. Dig that idea. You know, buy a twelve or $13,000 FRS and just go track it. And then if you're tracking it, you don't have to register... I mean, insurance. If it is up really to you, is a track car, yeah. You don't have to register it, so hmm. You strip out the interior, go serious with it. You certainly could. LS Motors for everyone. What's the what? What are we a decade out before those are going to qualify as lemons cars? How what, how far out that are we going to be before be. those are going to be cheap enough for that? Or you uh, just it's, it's going to be salvage. Or or here the thing. The or you buy one and you just take the penalty because it's a great chassis for it. Sure. Anyway, sorry, I'm off in the weeds. Find one that was underwater in Houston or something. Yeah, I'm sure there are those. You know, but, salvage and there you so go. Back, back, sorry, let me try to rein myself in here. C5Z06, I like that idea a lot. 86, at least go drive it. But then I'd have this thought. You know what's not on here? Hmm. BMW discussion. Yeah. What about the M235i? Because our friend Jack, yeah. who's far taller than we are, yeah. fits in it. But that's one of those cars that feel over like. us. Yes. That's one of those cars I feel like. People of every size fit well in that car. Yeah. Although and, it was kind of funny because it was just like, you know, all neck and then helmet way up here by the sunroof. Yes, true. But my it point is comical. that that's a car that fits just about everybody. So I really do wonder about the BMW. And this is all me thinking just the splitting, splitting up the usage here. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder about that car, which made me think in my category of buy the one car, drive it all the time and take it to the track when you want – if it's not GT350, M2. You could daily yeah. that with the DCT. Yeah, I like that a lot. Daily that with the DCT. Love it as a daily car. Throw kids in the back. That is a usable car. We're talking about the 2 Series. Again, you're going to fit. Mm-hmm. And for the few times you're going to take it to the track, take it to the track. It's designed for track. We honed that on the ring of yeah. all places. Yeah. And it just was like, let's do more. Hmm. So I, I, I'm struggling Dig with it. the split cars, but I'm giving you some split car ideas, but I, I still like the do-it-all. I want to come back to the towing thing in a minute, but I want you to jump in here because I think you're going to be better off in that. Well, I've got some ideas for you. Fred, I have been thinking about this for a while since I read your email, and um, I liked, first of all, your Z06 idea. So I started there. Mm-hmm. And it led me to, I, I'm thinking about doing both cars, okay? So my, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. headspace is two cars and about 50 to 55. I'm thinking Great. you sell the Titan for whatever you can get. Even if you don't sell it, maybe you can donate it, whatever. But mm-hmm. we'll say 50, 55, okay. somewhere in there, okay. okay? So I'm thinking two cars. I started off with a Z06, and then I thought, wait, you can get a C6 Z06, upgrade yourself, yeah. and better, then go buy a Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. Which opened up the entire line of thinking to me about if we're going to do the two cars, one mm-hmm. is a track and daily and the other is a camping tow vehicle. Yeah. Do you buy the same manufacturer of both cars? Interesting. We have Interesting. talked about, you know, Jack <laughs> owning yeah. two Mercedes Benzes. Yeah. You know, or other people have owned two Lexi or two Accords mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. that is. In that case, we're not as enthusiastic about it. But if it's a Tahoe and a Corvette, or it's sure. some other combination, sure. I think it can work. I, I, I would actually go with you on that, yeah. So here's where that led me. I looked up the 2012 to 2013 Ford Mustang Boss 302. If you want a GT350, let's go look at the Boss 302. You can get 
really nice ones for 30 to 35 K. As a matter of fact, okay. I found you a 2012 302 with 6,900 miles for $30,000. Red, it's not the Laguna Seca edition. Doesn't need to be. 6,900 miles, this car's brand new, and yeah, the owner yeah, says, great. I'm just not home enough to drive it. I need to sell it. Wow. 30 grand. Yeah, that's a cool car. That's, that's a great car. That's designed for, for track use. Yeah, certainly could be. And yeah. it's a Mustang. It fits that Mustang proclivity that sure, Fred has. Sure, sure, yeah. So I thought, all right, what if you got one of those? That leaves me mm, 20, 25 grand to mm-hmm. go find yourself. A 2008 Ford F-150 King Ranch with 77,000 miles for only 19 grand. Oof. Or you could upgrade yourself to an Expedition. Join the Expedition family. Those are yeah. 15 to 20. Yeah. So therefore, you've got a car you could track and daily, mm-hmm. the boss. Mm-hmm. But then if you needed the camping, bigger, hauler duty over here, you've got the Expedition. That kept me going to our discussion about <laughs> okay. Ford's lineup yeah. Having yeah. something for everybody in every price category and car and lineup. And At the I thought, moment, yeah. well, what if you didn't get the truck? How about a Boss 302 and a Focus ST? You've got yeah. your four-door ST over here. You could yep. track or daily that. And you've got your Mustang mm-hmm. 302 mm-hmm. that you could track or daily that. I like that a lot. Thirty grand and twenty five grand yeah. for the uh, Focus ST. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. I do. That's think, interesting to me. I, I I see that. I do think that if you're going to if you're going to really go a track and a daily car, the Titan has to stay. Yeah, and because just drive because it how else until do you falls get because how, right? how else do you get the towing thing done? Right. I mean, there's right. a part of me that thinks there's a garage here for you, Fred. That is one car that can do all your daily duties and be tracked occasionally and one nicer truck that does all your camping and that kind of stuff. And you're done. I think you really could get by with that. But if you really do want to split the daily and the track thing, if you really want to go that route, I think the Titan just has to stay. Sure. I can see that. But man, I'm telling you, welcome to Ford. Yeah. Go look at those Boss 302s. There's a lot of them for sale. That's interesting. The first like that. ones that come up are all the Laguna Seca, pristine garage queens, sure, and sure, they're forty five sure. grand. Yeah. Well, if that could be your only car, great. But yeah. I kept scrolling and found a bunch for 30000 and I thought that leaves you room for a nice truck or a Focus ST. That's great. I do four like doors, that. Four doors, four real seats. Mm-hmm. That's he excellent. could get into that. And then a quick wild card here is that 2007 BMW Z4M Coupe. Found mm. one for $30,000. Yeah, you can get them cheaper than that sometimes, too. That also leaves you money for something else. Yeah, the tow yeah, vehicle, yeah. the truck, the daily, whatever that is. I don't know if Fred's going to love getting in and out of that car very much. but Yeah, I'm wondering about the, the, I'm, I'm the scale I'm coming back to the Mustang, the it's Boss 302. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's not well, 350, but you know, I like liked, that car too. I liked his Cayenne idea as the family hauler tow vehicle, but I, my question is, what are you towing? Because I don't know that the tow capacity is going to be enough. That was your big debate. I mean, the tow on those cars is like 7,500 or so. Yeah. And so depending on what you're towing, it may not be enough. It may have to go diesel, which is like 9,000. But I mean, you still. apparently can tow an Airbus A380 or whatever that but, is. But, you know, but most people aren't towing an Airbus. They're towing a camper, and apparently it doesn't work. So True. it's weird how that works. Yeah. <laughs> if anyway. If Cayenne passes you towing an Airbus up a hill... Time to sell your car. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So anyway, but I even thought about the fact, I mean, you've already touched it's on the hood it. ornament for airplanes now. What wow. <laughs> Porsche Cayenne? That's oh. terrible, but funny. Wow. But yeah, used expeditions you can get for half their MSRP. Yeah. Uh, but I even thought about the car that my dad has that is forgotten and is actually surprisingly good, the Chevy Avalanche. Yeah. You're a guy that likes pickups. The yeah. Chevy Avalanche is interesting. Not because it's a fits no category thing, but because it's built on the suburban chassis, but it has a bed. So it has a nice suburban-style ride, but it has a bed on the back. And because they are a niche car, they don't hang on to their value. You can get those cheap. 
you could sell your Titan, probably get one of those for less than 10 that's solid, mm. and still have 40 grand to play with to buy two other cars. I'm just throwing out weird ideas now. But I I'm like thinking. the weird ideas. This is good. I feel like we're all over the map for our poor friend Fred. Uh, you know what? Come on <laughs> pilgrimage with us. We'll talk about it further. But no, exactly. ser- but seriously, I-, I, want- I want you to take a serious look at how much actual track time it's going to get. Because if it's a few days a year, I say buy something you love, drive it every day, and take it to the track now and then. But if you're really going to be a track guy, I get your point. You- this is possible to split this up. Hopefully, we've given you some ideas you can chase and find something awesome. Guys, thank you for listening. And uh, if you've got your own debate, please write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com or the website. So that's just straight up everydaydriver.com. And you can contact us there. We love hearing from all of you. And a lot of people are just writing in to say, here's my thoughts on this. Or I've Mm -hmm. got this going on in my life. And it's just kind of a communication. You want to drop us a line. We do read it. And even if we can't do your debate, Mm -hmm. we would uh, love to hear from you. But like I said, we love interesting debates like Fred's. Got another one coming your way, but first we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve gas mileage. And you can place your key fob to your chin to increase its range. It's kind of weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might also not know about. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. True Car isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience, whether you buy new or used. And with True Car, users can see what others paid. You know, so you'll know if you're getting a good deal before you buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with True Car certified dealers. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, Check out True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Everybody's got a to-do list. You drop off the dry cleaning, you pick up some milk. I've got an idea. Let's add save hundreds of dollars in car insurance. And the good thing is you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. All you have to do is go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. Having extra money in your pocket might be the most rewarding thing on your to-do list today. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. Let's talk about your bucket list for a minute. That's right, your bucket list. You know what should be on it? A trip to one of the greatest spectacles in all of motorsports, the Indy 500. This is not just any trip, but the ultimate Indy 500 fan experience. That's exactly what Amsoil, maker of some of the best synthetic motor oils on the planet, is giving away this spring. One grand prize winner will win the trip of a lifetime to the Indy 500 to watch some of the fastest cars and best drivers battle to have their names etched alongside the greats like Foyt, Andretti, Unser, and Castroneves. But that's not all. Listen to what else awaits the grand prize winner. There's pit access. Dinner with an Indy 500 legend. VIP track access. That's one of those badges that gets you in anywhere. Sweet access to watch the race. $1,000 cash for incidental travel and event-related expenses. You just get to, you get to charge it. It's going to be great. 
round-trip airfare for two of you to the Indy Race, hotel accommodations for two with five nights at a hotel near the Motor Speedway, even ground transportation to and from the airport, the hotel, and the Speedway, plus chances to meet the drivers themselves. Just like they do when they make high-performance synthetic motor oils, Amsoil went the extra mile with this sweepstakes. If that's not enough, there's also 10 first-place winners, and they'll all receive one free digital download code for Monster Energy Supercross, the official video game. To enter the Amsoil Ultimate Indy 500 Fan Experience, text INDY, I-N-D-Y, to 41487. That's INDY to 41487, or visit amsoil.com slash INDY. Hello, and welcome back. We have got Dane in New York City yeah. writing to us. He's been an on-and-off listener for about the last year and a half, so I hope when you're hearing this, Dane, that you're on currently yeah, and listening. For sure, for sure, yeah. Because we're going to debate you and your brother's car. Apparently, it's been a while. Now he's looking forward to and finally able to contribute his own car debate request. Yeah, for sure. So he says, well, the circumstances are not quite what I'd want him to be. He is 27 years old, living in New York City with his younger brother, who's also 27. They're both really into cars and would like one day to have a small collector garage, mm -hmm. like a collection going on. Okay. Currently, Dane owns a BMW 328i coupe. Yep. And his brother drives for Uber and owns a more practical Toyota Corolla. Yeah. Okay. So he's in the city driving for Uber. And he says, brother is planning to switch cars for work and he would like to help him out. What, yeah, what should his next cool. car be? Which is very cool. He also kind of mentions some of his other thoughts about what he would get. But it sounds like they're going to actually go in on a car together mm -hmm. that then Dane will sort of give the, you know his half to his brother and say, all right, it's all yours. Yep. I'm moving on to whatever's next in my it'll life. Be, it'll be kind of the shared car used for now for Uber. And then eventually, hopefully, Dane will move on to something else, leaving this good car for his brother to continue driving for Uber, etc. Uh, he actually prefers luxury cars like the Mercedes BMW Audi World. But uh, he's thinking, okay, maybe that doesn't make sense for this debate. So we are shopping. Look, this is the exact opposite of Fred's situation. There <laughs> yeah. is no tracking going on here. This is no. New York, folks. So yeah. potholes and, look, Uber, it's got to get decent gas mileage. It's also got to look halfway decent. And smell halfway decent when you get in. Ideally. Ideally. Put water bottles in the cup holders. Yep. Give people the charge cables. Exactly. These are the key things that make those drivers rock. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's where we're going. Price price range is a decent range here. I mean, they around 30K to maybe as high as the low 40s. So we've got yeah, some options very, here. Yeah, very, very decent range. I just here. keep thinking about the cars that I get into for Uber or Lyft. What are the cars I like being in? Yeah, that was my headspace too. And in a place like New York, what are the cars you're going to like being in in that situation? We're just sitting there and it's, you know, where the cabs have their own language. Yeah. I never knew that horns actually had a whole language dee, 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 until you get dee, dee, dee. to a place like New York or yeah. some places in Brazil and other weird places I've been where you suddenly realize, no, no, there's a whole language and I don't speak any of it. But clearly <laughs> yeah. that's what that is. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So Dane says they will both be using this car for about six months to a year. And then, like I said, ultimately intends to give it on to his brother. Then he'll buy a new car for himself within that time frame. The budget is healthy, up to $42,000, so we've got a lot to work with here. But I don't think we've ever had anybody ask us, what car should I buy for my ride-sharing business, Lyft or Uber or yeah. otherwise? Yeah. I think this is kind of a first, so it's a, it's a bit exciting because the parameters are suddenly entirely different. They're for sure. not for, for his sure. younger brother. They're for, like you said, everybody who gets in. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a different headspace. It's a yeah. different kind of debate. And with that kind of budget, there's many nice cars. For sure. But there's, sure. as you also alluded to, the uh, the New York City, the city driving, the bumps, the dings, the mm-hmm. you know bike messengers, the just crazy city life, and then the reliability factor. Because we're not out on Canyon Roads enjoying this car, open yeah, roads, true. True, true. You know, long sweepers. It's... It's got to run. It's got to mm-hmm. be reliable, and it's just got to be ready every single day. Mm-hmm. Just for sure, ready for to sure. go. So I've I've thought about this for a while, and I thought, all right, I'm going to give you guys something on the low end and something on the high end. Okay, just food for thought here. Good. I'm going to start high because I thought of the kind of car that I wanted to get into, or that I have in the past, as you said. Sure. Sure. I am landing on a 2016 Lexus IS350 all-wheel drive. He also says in his email that he'd love all-wheel drive, even though I don't think you really need that in the city. I think you'll be fine. But yeah. if that's something that you're but really okay. leaning yeah. on, 350 does come in all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. And for $42,000, 40 grand. I mean, these things are 38, 39 is what you're looking at. You get a really for, nice one for yeah, 2016. For sure. for sure. And you think, all right, it's compact enough, but it's a luxurious car. Mm-hmm. It has a nameplate that says, mm-hmm. all right. This is some class. I mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. And of course, I'd love to recommend a German car, but I want this car to just be, you know, something you're not ever yeah. really worrying yeah. about or having to overpay for maintenance because it's city driving so much. Mm-hmm. Well, and he, I get the vibe from this email. He likes German cars, but he's thinking that's the wrong way to go here. It's kind of not where he'd, he'd like to be. For the future, yes, yeah. but not yeah. right now. Yeah. So I'm looking at the Lexus, which I like. I, I got picked up in an Acura TL. I think it was a TL one time, mm-hmm. TL or TLX. And I just thought, this is different than the typical. Yeah. That's on my you list. Know, so glad it wasn't a Prius. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just sort of going, all right, this is nice. And mm-hmm. I, I like hearing different music. I mean, I like hearing people's favorite stuff. You learn about, ah, oh, that's my new favorite band or whatever that is. <laughs> I like it. So uh, after the Lexus, on the lower end, even though this car, I think, is every bit as nice for a lot less money, it's a Mazda 6. Plenty of space in that back That's seat. That's good. I hadn't gone there. That's very good, yeah. Because, you know, we're, we're thinking about it's, – it's interesting from a societal, you know, sociological study standpoint – Okay. How weird is it that nobody gets in the front seat unless you're with a bunch of people? Yeah, you're right. You don't get in the front seat. Yep. You're still being driven very much. You're in being those driven cars. and yeah. I'm I'm paying for a service and I'm being driven, so I'm gonna get in the back right yeah. seat. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Nobody I don't I just naturally I never yeah. thought about it. I yeah, just sort of got sure. in just like a taxi, but for sure. These are not taxis. Well, and most of the time the Uber drivers, I feel like they've taken that passenger seat and they've moved it way up because they expect that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a ride share, Isn't so... very interesting? Yeah. You know, you don't see coupes driving around for Uber and Lyft. I would still be that guy, but yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, would, you would do it in the Elise. Like, wow, I'm, you know, welcome from wherever you flew in from. Yeah. Your yeah. luggage isn't going, yeah, but exactly. I'll take you wherever you want to go. Your <laughs> you luggage add, is going to You add your carry-on right in your lap, kid, go with me. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> see that van back there? That guy's going to take your luggage. <laughs> going to charge you extra. Anyway, so yeah, Mazda 6. Okay. Just because right. it's spacious, it's not an Accord, a Camry, mm-hmm. a Prius. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that could be pretty cool. Not going to have to worry about it. So those are my two choices. Those are good. Those are really kind good. A little bit of overlap with me, but not completely. Okay. I'm I was thinking Acura as well. I you like were. the TL a lot for this. 
So definitely shop the TL. I think it's a it's a car that's just it's classy and understated, which is really cool for this. And it's just going to run. It's a Honda. It's just going to yeah. run. Yeah. And also those cars, they're kind of forgotten, so they don't hold value really well. So you can just find deals on them. You can find deals on them new and used. So look at the TL. If you want to go a little bigger, I don't know how big you want to go. Because, I mean, you've been driving a Corolla, but it sounds like you want to step up. So I don't know how big you want to go. The RL, their upper class car, Ooh. is practically limo quality length inside. I mean, we have a friend yeah. who has one. He's six seven and almost entirely legs. I got in his RL behind him and had space. Okay? It is unbelievably nice inside as far as space is concerned. That may be too big, honestly. Now, you wouldn't... Is, that the, is this the glider pilot you're referring exactly, to? Exactly. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. So... If, you wouldn't. You don't look at an RL and think that's a huge car, but it just. It really is. It's a little bit bigger than an Accord, which is obviously what the TL is. Yeah, a little bit bigger than the Accord, but it's. It doesn't seem that large. But if you want in space, that's a great one to go. I like your IS a lot. I also had this thought though. Okay. I think you can find kind of your pick of really nice ones. A Hyundai Genesis sedan. Oh, that's good. I like that. I think that might enough? be the business. Forty. You can find them for used. Of course you can. Oh, of that's course good. You can. Hyundai Genesis sedan. That would be unique. Yeah, and it's got to run, and it's nice looking, and it's got Ooh, all like kinds. This. I mean, here, here's the big discussion that this started with is Dane's talking about he likes luxury appointments. Mm-hmm. He wants a car that's got some luxury and some and some great features inside, and that hasn't been his brother's life experience. The Genesis does all of that, so do the Acuras. But the Genesis does all of that, has all those kind of crazy, you can't believe how many speakers are in this, all that kind of stuff. That's the world it's playing in, but yet it's in your budget. So I think that Genesis sedan is, and that's a classy looking car. Yeah, it is. Somebody pulls up as your Uber in a Genesis sedan, you're going to think, that's a nice car. We're shopping for the best back seat, you realize. Yes. In many cases, we're shopping for the best driving experience and the best front driver's seat. We're shopping for the best backseat. Well, yes, but at, all, at the same time, though, I'm just imagining Dane or his brother sitting by themselves in this car. Is it a nice place to be? Yes, good stereo, nice seats, good leather appointments. It's a nice place to sit here. Huh. There will be no hooning around Central Park. We're sitting here <laughs> following a carriage that is clip-clopping along, and I can't get over because there's a line of 15 taxis. This is the driving we're doing. Yes, it is. Wow. All right, guys. Well, uh, you've got some driving to do and some thoughts to consider, but uh, I hope this is very helpful to you. We've got lots of listener questions Mm -hmm. coming in on social media and kind of keeping in line with the ride sharing. There was a great question from a couple of you, but starting with Kenneth L's question on Facebook Mm -hmm. here, he's asking, this might be a car debate question, but what cars would you guys choose to rent out on Turo based a, on profitability, and B, mm-hmm. on something you can enjoy personally. And then second question is, would we ever Turo our own vehicles? I like this question a yeah, lot. Yeah, I actually noted it as well. It's a very good question. This is great. Uh, I admit to my own uh, <clears throat> bias or whatever you want to call it, but for my own vehicles, I would never Turo them out. I would buy a car with the intent of doing that. If I'm going to do I'm that... I'm kind of with you on that, yeah. I would buy a car. And again, whoever... <laughs> I put uh, car haters in the, you know, architects and the people who invented Turo. Have you noticed architects hate cars? How small the parking spaces are? <laughs> like, you're guaranteed door dings. It's like, what architect planned this? Well, 
don't you know people love their cars and want space? But you know no, what? They're the ar- cramming us together. The, the, here's the thing, though. The architect probably showed up with normal size spaces. And the building owner said, I need to get 25% more spaces in that garage. And the architect said, you realize it's going to make all the spaces however much thinner. And he said, yeah, I don't care. Probably. That's probably what happened. Yeah, but it just bugs me. And then, yeah, the uh, the people who invented Turo think, well, it's just a thing. You don't connect with it. You don't have any real passion for it. It's just this inanimate object when that's just not true, and we all know that. Well, but that's how we are. That's not. But but you know, the thing I think is interesting: large cities. It happens in the Bay Area. It happens in L.A. We've we've benefited from it in L.A. more than once. It happens in Vegas. There are people. If you look through Turo, where the same person keeps coming up, four or five cars deep. They yeah. went and bought a fleet of cars, so <laughs> they have options of what car they're driving, and they Turo them all out because let's see which one's gone right now, and they're getting them all paid for that way. That's almost genius, actually. I mean. Businesses spawning little other micro businesses. It's yeah, fascinating. it's really fascinating. I have been surprised at some of the things you can find on Turo. If I were doing this, I kind of agree with you. I think, I think I would try to get something that felt like an upscale special car, but didn't feel like my special sports car. Mm-hmm. Like when I see the people that are renting out really nice two seat, high power sports cars on Turo, I'm always thinking. That car's just getting beat on, I, and I don't know what I'm going to get back. Mm-hmm. But like the guys that have got M3s on there, that makes some sense to me because you go, oh, I could get an M3 for the – Sure. I wouldn't want it to be my daily M3 when it's not being turroed. But I, <laughs> I actually think any car that is intriguing to people but offers space, and the first ones that come to my mind are the Model S and the Model X from Tesla. Yeah, I see those on Turo, though, and I think people are asking too much. They're like 200 bucks a day. Yeah, but I think they're getting rented, too. Probably. But I just think those cars that people are intrigued by but don't own and don't have easy access to, those are the ideal Turo cars. And cars that you can't go to Avis and Hertz and totally. wherever else and just rent those. So, again, BMW M3, I think, is a great one. Yeah. Uh, the, the Model S or Model X, either of those. I also think about cars that I would like to have access to them, but they're not a car I want to drive every day. Hmm. You know, the, these these larger sedans, you know, sure. things like a like an A8. I'd, yeah. I'd love to have access to an Audi A8. I don't want a daily an Audi A8, but what if it were a Turo car? It's gone most of the time, but now I need it this weekend, and so it's off the roster. It's not available this weekend. Okay. Yeah, I was leaning towards the larger SUVs just because of utility. People same, are same looking reason. for that. Same thinking. Yep. You know, I just need a big car. I want it to be pretty inexpensive. The family's coming in. We just need a seven-seat something. Mm-hmm. It'd be something like that. But there's a fine line here for a Turo car that's the sweet spot. It can't be yeah. a Corolla for 20 bucks a day, yeah. but it can't be a Mercedes S-Class that's brand new. Mm-hmm. It's got to be intriguing. It's got to be a fine line between, yeah, I could never really get into that. Otherwise, it's a decent enough price. Yeah, for sure. And it's some space, and it's special and new enough and modern yeah. tech. It'd have to be something M3-ish. I like the fact that Alphas are on there, the, yeah. the um, Julias are the Julia, on there, yeah, and the portfolios. Um, but you know, something like a, a performance version of not the highest end car and, you know, RS version of an Audi or sure, sure, know, sure. a five, a four, somewhere in there. Seven. That, yeah. that could work. Not the R seven, an S seven. S seven could work. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah. But again, that's a high priced car. You've it gotta, is. It is. Yeah. You know, you've got to make your monthly nut to totally to pay for that thing. Totally. And then. 
Yeesh. Apparently, there's lots of people in LA that are doing just that because their fleet of cars is available. I, I don't have know an where extra Ferrari. I, have I don't know Hasbro where they Seriously, I don't know where they're parking all of those in their free time, but there is that as well. Of course, LA. I think other places have done, but LA, of course, now has a Turo garage. Yes, that they you do. and I have used. Yeah. Where people that are touring their cars are now parking them at a garage outside of LAX, and there's a little guy there that stands there like a valet stand. And you and I've like really thought about this and gone, "What? How is this getting split out?" Because he's getting paid an hourly fee now to just move these Turo cars in and out, so the owners don't have to try to meet people at LAX. I know that's happening other places too, but then like you're talking about other small micro businesses, that's been spawned out of that. And the last time we did this, it got weirder. Because the last time we did this, when we turned in the car, this guy at the little valet stand working for Turo, theoretically, and getting a paycheck somehow, called an Uber on our behalf. And the Uber took us to LAX, and Turo got charged for it. Yeah. Yeah, they weren't using the shuttle anymore. I'm so confused. with our Turo rental app. Yes. And we're having an app discussion standing there waiting for the Uber to show up Mm -hmm. to take us back to the airport. It's very interesting, and just you know the whole proliferation of smartphones and apps, yeah, and we were look at what this button can do, and suddenly the car pulls up. Totally, the you end. and I were talking about the fact that the phone and the two services we were using didn't exist a decade ago. Yeah, and we were moving entirely through LA based on these services. It's amazing, fascinating, and, and there's something hysterical to me about the Turo guy just called me an Uber. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just and it got charged to them. So he yeah. just took my phone number and mm-hmm. connected to my app, but they got charged. Very bizarre. It's a Rich weird in world. San Diego is asking about uh, in a couple of weeks he's going to be in San Diego with yeah, his girlfriend. Said should, should I Turo a seven eighteen Cayman or a nine eleven Cabriolet? Said he's never driven either one. Mm-hmm. Daily's a Fiesta ST, and his second car is an eighty seven nine forty four Turbo, which is a good garage. Very nice garage. So uh, what do you think for Rich? I like this, Rich. I noted this as well. I think here's the answer. We're talking about Turo again. Here, This is the Turo's podcast. They aren't sponsoring us, but maybe they should. <laughs> yeah, uh, anyway, they should. Here, here's my question for you, Rich. What kind of driving are you doing? Because if this is cruise around San Diego at low speed on the coastline, et cetera, it's got to be the 911 Cabriolet. Yeah. If yeah. it's going to be, you're going to have a chance to drive this car in anger down a nice road, it needs to be the Cayman. I think it is d- decided entirely based on the kind of driving you're going to get to do in the car. I kind of am sensing because his girlfriend is with him that it's going to be, hey, let's cruise through town. Let's go I down the so Pacific too. Coast Highway. I think so, too. I'm leaning towards 911, especially if you have not been in a 911, Cabriolet or not, if you've not been in one of any year and you've got the chance, please go drive one. So I'm leaning towards 911 for you. I think you'll have a blast. Yes. The next trip, you can get the 718. So start with a 911. See how you like it. Your girlfriend will be happy. Hello, girlfriend. <laughs> and uh, Who are and, these guys again? Ed, why why are we listening to them? Yeah. Uh-huh. Rich, you'll be happy too. So that that's my thought. Uh, Christopher wrote in on uh, Facebook, this this is interesting, uh, though I think I kind of can answer quickly, but I'm curious where you go. One car, one track, whole day, unlimited consumables. <laughs> what car and what track? Yeesh. I mean, this assumes, you know, not having driven all the tracks on the planet. Of course not. Of but course we not. have by virtue of the video games that we play. So, okay, we've got a sense but of where, some where are we Where are we dreaming about it? I have to go the ring. Would you? And and I, I'm struggling with the car though, because I, I you could go hot, you could yeah, go real. I hot. would love to drive the ring all day, 
unlimited access. And also, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add to this, Christopher. I'm going to say it's like a testing day. So there's like 20 cars on the track total. So you've got a clear track. You've just got room to run. I don't want to be so you can take the line. And none of that. Just yeah. I'm out there. I first go to GT3, 911 GT3, because Dig those it. things are everywhere on the ring, and clearly they, they know something. We've had one lap in it, and I was realizing I was using maybe 40% of the car. I'd like to have that car for the day and just keep taking a little more from it and just realize, oh, I can do a little more. Oh, I can do a little more. Oh, my gosh, I can do more again. All day in that car would be unbelievable. I start there, but then my brain drifts off into Lotus Land, and I go, a Lotus 400 or 410 Ooh, that's good. for the day on the ring. That's, that's very good. Oh, that'd be fun. With unlimited fuel and tires. Man, and oh, man, that'd lunch be Lunch is served, take yes. a break. Coming at going. lunchtime, put on new tires, fill the tank of gas. I'll be back in an hour. Done. Oh, yeah. Like it. <laughs> Christopher, this is uh, this is a delightful question. I am uh, I'm thinking spa. Spa has mm. got to be my favorite. Really, I okay. love this track. I feel like I've got so many of the corners. I understand the line, but then it's a matter of understanding the car that I'm in and the track conditions as to how hard and fast to push it. Sure, but as sure. far as the line, I feel like it's an it's an amazing track. It's amazing. So yes, Porsche, something is coming to mind. I'm actually thinking about a cup car, a 911 really? cup car. Okay, all right. But then I thought of Le Mans in France. It would be cool. It would be because cool. Because of the endurance nature of it, the open straights, and still mm-hmm. the technicality of that track. It's between Spa and Le Mans for me right now. Interesting. But probably in something Porsche-flavored. Okay. Definitely, it's well. I mean, uh, as we've joked, the Nurburgring is the world's greatest canyon road, and I just like that. I yeah, love I that kind of driving. And man, of the ring is fun. But I, I, I can't take away your choices because those are fantastic places to just say you got to drive, let alone anything else. Yeah, no kidding. All right, so talking about former press leader manufacturer cars, Chris oh, yeah, S. is asking mm-hmm. us on Facebook about BMWs. He said there were some E92 M3s a few years back that were used at the M Performance School. They eventually sold at dealers across the country mm-hmm. at a discount. They were reconditioned and then sold you know, slightly discounted with lower mileage, obviously all track mileage. Mm-hmm. What's our thoughts on uh, buying cars like that or out of a press fleet? I mean, mm. you don't really know cars that have gone to the press fleet I, I don't think they're really telling you where they came from yeah but uh you know in this case he kind of knew all right these were former track cars the M performance school i'm mixed about it because yeah they're reconditioned so yeah theoretically they should be fine but they were beat on by all kinds of unskilled and skilled drivers at various levels yeah so they've been used a lot harder but you know, we've talked about maintenance. The maintenance has been overdone on these cars, For sure. too. So That's the trade-off, yeah. I'm very mixed on this. I It, yeah. it just is going to really depend on the car and its use. With this case, yeah, you kind of know what you got. But otherwise, when press cars go back, I mean, this thing was launched off of whatever, and then well, we kind of fixed it up and changed the oil. There you go. Yeah, you're, you're talking on to the, the better point here. I mean, here's here's the thing. I think I think this is risky because of the kind of hard miles it's had, but you've already said it. It's been maintained a lot, and they know consistently what that car has gone through every day. I would do a car that used to be used at a track school 10 times over before I would do a car that came out of a press fleet. Mm. Because we have seen 
that, okay, for all of you listening, you think you treat rental cars bad. <laughs> you cannot touch what most journalists do to free press cars. No, and we're, we're far kinder than most journalists. Well, we have had – honestly, we have had people that run press fleets thank us for keeping the car in such nice condition. And, and sometimes we're like, Really? Like, I feel like we've really driven it hard. Okay. So there are guys that, I mean, we know stories, we won't name names, but we know guys that cars that were worth money, they just kind of wrecked them and they won't go to anybody else and they walked away because they work for big magazines and, okay, great, Mm -hmm. I don't care, whatever. Yeah, one car had $40,000 worth of damage. Yeah, we've heard these stories. We've heard some nasty stories because guys that, that that get press cars a lot of times treat them even worse than you think you treated a rental car. So I would never do one of those. But anyway. Exactly. All right. What other questions? Uh, let's see. Mike Schmidt, who's local here. Thanks for writing in, Mike. He asked an interesting question, especially considering today we dropped on YouTube that uh, Mazda RF, the 124 and the 86 piece. He said, automotive, automotive journalists seem to say across the board that the 86 chassis that needs more power. But you rarely hear them say that about the Miata. Now, first off, Mike, I'm going to say, Paul always says this about the Miata. Uh, yeah, hi, have you met me? Yeah, exactly. So the, the, here, here's the difference, though, Mike, why it doesn't get railed on with the Miata as much as it does the 86. It's that engine. The, the In general. Think it's the torque dip? It's the personality of the engine. In general, the Miatas feel rev-happy, and they feel like the more gas you give it, the more you get out of it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. 86 will do that only if you avoid the torque dip. And so that engine isn't as easy to play with, if you will, as the ones in the Miata. So while the Miata is definitely underpowered just like the 86 is, that's not fair. But neither of them are powerful cars. You can mm-hmm. debate whether or not you've got enough power. You can go plenty fast in both of them. You can take down big boys with massive engines in both of those cars. They are great to drive, and I would happily own either one. But the Miata generally just feels like a better engine to interact with, and so it gets less hate as a result. Mm. I think if yeah. you take care of the torque dip in the 86, it's kind of a toss-up on engine personalities. But from the factory with the torque dip, it's frustrating. I keep thinking of your favorite Super Bowl party food. Hey, have a bowl of torque dip. No, it's not that. that, No. All right. So Drew's question, Drew V is on Facebook asking one of the better questions I've heard in a long time because he's like, he's got me in mind. Drew, I don't don't know if you knew this, but uh, you're like speaking my language here. Uh Uh-oh. He says, do you guys have specific strategies to get into your sporty cars in an effort to preserve the more aggressive seat bolsters. Seriously? Because I didn't note this one because I was like, no, I just get in. But, of course, you have a strategy. I do have a strategy, and okay. I note it. I'm listening. All right. Yes, I do, especially in the Cayman. I put uh, my hand down on the sill, put a foot in. It's kind of like you get into the Lotus a little bit. You put a foot in first, but then my left hand goes down onto the door sill, <laughs> and I lift my butt over the seat bolster in an effort to preserve from breaking it down yeah. and some people don't care and and you can tell and some you know, people like the guys on this cars. side of the table sorry what now <laughs> well you, you can kind of <laughs> see people got into newer cars and you just well come on like preserve it a little bit i would actually like from a design standpoint some a little bit extra on the bolster on that side some something to you know mm. a little bit more stiffening or something that preserves it so you don't have to worry about it as much but you can see where they're beat down and then yeah you sell it fifty thousand miles and it looks like it's just a wreck well i will say this so yes i do uh, of course as a matter of fact of course you do i don't have a strategy i don't actually think about it it's a float hover it's funny i don't actually strategy. think about it but i will say this though 
I think what destroys them more than anything is people don't get out of the car. They roll out of the car. Yeah. Getting yeah. in, I think, is far less the problem than the fact that you see somebody who, when they get out, they don't actually stand up. They just kind of roll their body sideways across that bolster, killing it, and now they found themselves out of the car. Mm-hmm. I stand up out of the cars I own, and that helps. Yeah. I'm a hovercraft. I, I don't I'd think about it, but I stand right up Right up the over car. the top of that thing. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of times you've got big guys in cars, and they don't actually stand up. They just kind of roll out of the car sideways. I'm just like, well, that bolster is done. Drew, I even go so far sometimes where when I close the door, I actually grab the outside door handle instead of the frameless window because it doesn't have a frame, and I'm putting pressure on the frameless window, and I don't know what... You know, I don't want anything to break do. in there. So I actually grab the outside door handle and close the door rather than the edge of the frameless window. That's me. Drew, this is this is like this is like the tip of the iceberg that took down the Titanic. I'm telling you, this is just the beginning of the stuff that happens. And believe me, I drive the car. Don't I know worry. you do. No, of course you I do. I go out and drive but, the car. But this is the reason your cars are certified Paul owned. They are it. that nice. I like That's absolutely the case, for sure. All right. What else you got? Uh, a lot of good ones in here. Uh, that was one for you. Here's one for me. Uh, Thomas Hall 10 on Instagram asked me questions about climbing, which uh, makes me almost sad. And I say that because I used to climb constantly, like two, three weekends a month. I was on the wall. Yeah. I was just out everywhere, out, out of Los Angeles. And life invades. And yeah. a lot, look, I love shooting for the show and editing for the show. And I love that I've got a wife and a son. But this has made it hard. And my wife used to climb with me for a while until one day she kind of just, kind of like when she, the day she said she hated her Acadia. She had a similar day where she was like, you know what? That settles it. I am just afraid of heights. I don't want to do that anymore. I mean, I've, my <laughs> wife and I used to do some big wall stuff, like thousand feet up stuff. And she did some big stuff with that. me. But at the same time, she's kind of finally decided, you know what? I'm done. I've timed out. I love you, but stop it. So that's <laughs> happened. So my son is actually eight now. He's getting big enough that he's actually, he does really well in the gym. He's getting big enough now. He's enjoying himself, yeah. so we need to start getting out He's and doing, doing uh, the outdoor stuff again. I haven't done much outdoor stuff. I've done. I have a wall in my garage. I try to get on it a few times a week, but I haven't done much outdoor stuff since he was born. He's eight, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna have to jump backwards. Your question is: Do I sport climb or trad climb? Have I done any big wall, and what grades do I climb? Okay, big deep breath, everybody. <laughs> like Paul talks watches, I'm gonna go into climbing speak for about the next two minutes. I'm I warn just gonna- you. Hang on over here. Paul's going to look at his watch because that makes him happy. Um, Okay. uh, Trad climbing is traditional climbing, meaning you're putting pieces of gear in the wall that you're then taking with you. That's how you're supporting the rope. There's nothing left behind you. Yosemite big walls. A lot of places all around the world are using trad climbing. The guys with the huge, like, peacock feathers worth of gear on them, that's traditional climbing. Mm -hmm. Sport climbing is there are bolts in the wall. You carry very simple combinations of carabiners, uh, and and you're clipping as you go. But then when you take your carabiners away, the, the bolts are there permanently. Yeah. Um, You'd I've, like to hope. Yeah, yeah you, you would. Uh, <laughs> I have done both. I love the purity of trad climbing. It's, it's, it's the manual transmission of climbing. It's Good really it. cool. Yeah. But when I do that, I try to do it well, like in the dead center middle of my limits, like the easy stuff, like the five-eighths of the world. You know, if you don't know climbing ratings, I apologize. But five-eight is the average person could probably get on a five-eight and muddle through. Yeah, yeah. So 5.8s for trad climbing, I love that. That's really fun. I've done some big walls. There's a place called Takeets in California. It's about 1,500 feet. You can do it in a day. I've done that multiple times. It's some of my favorite stuff. You don't have to spend the night on the wall. Love that. Sport is just so easy access. I've done tons of sport climbing. At my best, which if you listen to the story, is not now. <laughs> uh, I did like a 12A, 12B, which is fairly hard but not hugely hard. 
my comfort level is somewhere in the 510 range. Gotcha. There's the answer. No, I mean, with trad climbing, you're relying on your own ability to place the yeah. gear. Not, I mean, with sport climbing, it's been placed, it's locked down, you can count on it. But if you clip it right, it'll hold, yes. You know, Whereas the, it adds a whole level of complexity. Trad climbing requires some understanding of how to place this piece in the crack, what piece do I need to use here, how do I set it, all this kind of stuff, for sure. But as does manual transmissions, you need to know yeah. heel and toe and you know rev matching. It adds levels of complexity. I didn't think of that till right now That's talking great. about it, but it is the manual transmission like of the that. climbing world, for sure. No, I really like that. Well, uh, what else on here? Uh, looking for, um, speaking of uh, questions here. Oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about Jeff S. He's, uh, I'm going to say this once, okay. unless this company would decide to sponsor us. I'll give them one free shout out. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, I because like Because they are so cool. And they're good guys. Yeah. And they're great people. If you know anybody, I'll, I'll get theirs. If you know anybody at this company, we'd love to talk to them and... Anyway, <laughs> starting with a question, Jeff S. on Facebook says, roof rack or hitch rack, and what's your dream mountain bike on it? Now he's saying, I would go a hitch rack and a Trek Fuel EX 9.9 or a Santa Cruz Tallboy on the back of a 991 GTS Oof. if the exhaust allows it. Well, I'm going to say the exhaust is not going to allow it because it's center <laughs> exhaust. Yeah. Where Where's the hitch? Yeah. Where does that come from? Mm -hmm. And a roof rack, maybe, but GTSs, Jeff do not come with the roof rail mount points. Look at you. Okay. Other Porsches do, but the yeah. GTS deletes those because it's a GTS. Yeah. It's not designed for this. I know where you're going, and I like where you're going. So there's this company that Todd and I have come across. They are a Florida-based designer and manufacturer of hitch and roof racks. They're called seasucker.com. Mm -hmm. No, they don't sponsor us. We would love it if they did. If you know anybody at this company... <laughs> Because they make some really cool products like bike racks. It's suction mounts mm -hmm. on top of your car. Mm -hmm. And they have an Audi on their webpage here. I mean, bike racks, and you can suction any kind of car, a bike rack, a ski rack, whatever that is. It's those heavy-duty suction cups we use to mount camera cool. gear. Yeah. But reconditioned, repurposed to mount, think of your typical, like, alligator mouth style uh, ski ski rack, for example. Oh, Put man. two of those on, but they're, su they're suction cups or single su suction cups that are prepared to take a bike. Skis really boards. cool. It's all yeah. suction mounts, which means any car mm -hmm. is open for any kind of possibility, yeah, which, which is, is super great. cool. So, yeah, we'd love to be, uh, we'd love to talk about them more, but I'll <laughs> leave it at that. Uh, but yeah, I would love to put something on the Cayman and, you know, I can see that. Probably a mountain bike. But, I would uh, be the guy to try to do the uh, James Bond thing with the Lotus. Just, I would love just, to see skis, yeah. and you could. I could, for sure. Absolutely. That'd be for the way sure. to do it. The problem is the bike question part of this is the part that hurts me. Hmm. Because we've had a really light snow Ooh, winter. Yeah. And so I'm already looking at mountain bikes. Are you really? And I'm realizing <laughs> that my taste far exceeds anything in the realm of my budget. Well, bikes are now just so outrageous. And then you think, oh, I'm not even looking at carbon bikes yet. Oh, no, no, no. Right. The, the, bike, the bikes that intrigue me are all like four grand. Yeah, that's, that's like. And then I think, I have a $5,000 Mini and that's a car. Bikes that, that cost more than a car. That is really difficult. I'm a Cannondale guy. I've been to their design studio up in uh, Connecticut. I, yeah. I just think they're awesome. They're doing awesome work. So I'm more into the Cannondale range, but, you know, I can I like, see the Santa Cruz, too. I, I like, like the Santa Cruzes. Yeah, I was... Somebody was pointing out a Rocky Mountain bike to me recently, and I thought that was pretty intriguing. But I swear, every bike I go, oh, that's cool. Oh, I like all the specs. They get the price. I'm like, oh, I'm at 3500 again. <laughs> I'm not even trying Welcome hard. Welcome to a car debate. Yeah, I'm not even trying hard. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. What else? Any other questions struck you? 
Oh, there are many, but I think that's uh, that's that's quite a group. Let me see. I thought I had one more really quickly. All right. But oh, here it is. Eric, if you got one, one more. Eric's Facebook question: What is a favorite piece of now commonplace vehicle technology that wasn't on the radar ten years ago? Oh, good, good. It was on the radar, but it was one of those things you, you that was just being discussed. And I think now it is a requirement. Every car I have, I put this in it. Bluetooth. Yeah. Bluetooth yeah. streaming. Yep, it's up there. I mean the the Lotus and the Mini. You and your Expedition. Yep. In every case, we have put stereos in our cars just to get that feature. Agreed. And ten years ago, it was like this. What is the blue blue hands free now? Yeah. I, I remember yeah. James May made a joke on Top Gear the better part of a decade ago, where he was listing off the features of this new hyper car, and it was just it's got this 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 and blue teeth. I remember that joke because funny. I remember at the time when I heard it, it was simultaneously funny, and I thought, wow, that joke's going to get dated so fast. <laughs> Faster but, than he knew. Whenever. But yeah, that that's everywhere now, and I want it on every car. Because of hands-free, and yet 10 years ago, what now? Guys, thank you again for listening, for joining. And uh, by the way, our uh, listenership has absolutely skyrocketed on our analytics. It's blowing up, and that is due to you guys sharing. It absolutely You're is. telling people. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Write to us with your debates. Write to us just to say hi. But we're loving debating this. I, again, I come mm-hmm. back to the interest in the life story. And I, I love hearing about people. And For I sure. always learn For something. Sure. And then I learn something about my own thoughts and proclivities. And, you know, wow, those cars are that cheap? Huh. Why am I looking trails. up used cars in Poland? Oh, that's right. That's why. <laughs> exactly. This is what happens. But we appreciate you guys rating and reviewing, too, because that does keep us in the top ten. It, that's the thing that helps other people write to us and go, well, I was looking for a thing about cars, and I had no idea. You guys were in the top ten, and you're right what I needed. That We love yeah. those emails, and yeah. that's because of you guys, the audience. It's not because of us, so thank you. Yep, appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, guys. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good. So he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.